taking too long. I know you've been you watched that entire game last night, right? I saw you tweeting like tweeting up a storm. So yeah, I for sure I'm gonna uh, lean on your expertise. What you saw at your eye test. Anyways, here we go. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Love the Game, Love the Game podcast. We talk hoops as always. I am Ash, your host. Find me across social media at Planet Asha. Some form of that, maybe an asterisk, maybe a what do you call that little line thing? Maybe a dot. It's Planet Asha. Of course, you can find this podcast, Love the Game, at Love Game Pod or some version of Love the Game on Twitter and on Instagram. Probably have that up on the wall. I was just telling my my co-host for the day before we start recording, I'm going to switch some stuff up. Uh, I think, you know, there's trials and and trial and error when it comes to this kind of stuff and being an entrepreneur and making content. And uh, we're just going to start mixing it up and having different co-hosts. That way I can keep recording and coming on air. So today I got my man E with me. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about the NBA Finals and a little touch base about what's going on there and then you know ideally get into some off-season trade talks because for most of us most of us NBA fans that's where the excitement it really is unless you're a Bucks fan or a Suns fan at this point uh but E before I go any further go ahead and introduce yourself say what's up to the people and tell them where they can find you online what's going on everybody we're back again uh it's Elias or E back at you um my twitter handle is at real ignorant e also i'm the host of uh, herbs pharaohs and friends podcast we're also talk sports and all the above and all those fantastic subjects and uh, you can find me on twitter or at my podcast or also on instagram platinum pariah also i uh fixed my facebook page so now we're running on facebook again now we're running on Facebook, the page is up, getting more likes, go like that, smash that like page. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just in here to do the damn thing as usual. You know, I right. know we do it on here. We do. In here doing it. I love that Facebook plug. I got to get back on the Facebook. Honestly, I, for someone who has worked in marketing a lot, especially like online marketing, I actually hate social media when it comes to my own stuff. It's like, if it's a job, I'll do it for you. But like, because my own stuff I hated. Um, anyways, uh, beside the point, definitely I will say, I know there's like a lot of introductions in the beginning of any anything you listen to or watch pretty much online, but uh, this podcast is now on Anchor because I am now a part of this century and realize Anchor yeah. for your podcast. So like our, I still keep my SoundCloud and that's actually where I get uh, most of the listens uh, for the podcast. It's been on there for so long, uh, but definitely check out Love the Game on Anchor. And because of that, it's also on Spotify. So you can go listen to old episodes or just, you know, I don't know, stay in tune for, for new ones coming up. But we're on Anchor and all that's great. All right. For the reason at hand that we're here today, let's talk some basketball. I feel like it's been a little time off, scheduling issues, people got shit to do, people have lives, but I have time today, and so do you, Eve, so thank you. 
first, I uh, definitely want to talk about final stuff. And then, like I said, I want to get into some off-season talk, but we'll deal with that later. Let's talk, uh, you know, with what's going on right now, and that's the NBA Finals. The Bucks took care of home court, and they tied up the Suns 2-2. This is a series. I never thought that, you know, the Suns were going to run away with it. But, you know, of course, coming off with their win against the Clippers, and they win the first two. So you're feeling like, oh, man, like, this is it. They got the juice, book, CP3. But then Giannis, the Bucks, they go home. They take care of business. Series is now tied 2-2. I mean, I know that we're, you know, the, the series is switching back to Phoenix. So you always, I mean, especially since both home teams are taking care of home court, you got to give the, the home court team the advantage here. But, you know, I guess my, my, my first question to you is, do you think that the Bucks? have sort of figured something out and even going on the road, they're taking control of momentum, or do you think this is really going to be whichever team wins that first road game gets it? Um, well, when it comes to these two teams, I feel the difference making will not be in just the positioning as to like point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. But it's also going to come down to the coaching aspect because we see we have coach of the year, Monty Williams versus Mike Budenholzer, who's also a seasoned coach. And one of the one of the things I've been watching and noticing going on in the series is how each coach makes different adjustments. And. At least to my knowledge and to my coaching perspective and what I have, I honestly feel like the slower or the coach who is able to make the quicker adjustments at the right times will make the best decision for their players and lead on to benefits. Because as we've seen in the first couple of games, Phoenix has been in an attack mentality mindset, which Monty's had going in for the last two series. And as you've been watching the Bucks, they've been kind of slow to react, you know, not on the attack as they should have been in the first couple games granted they were going through some injury issues and lineup switches and shuffles due to Giannis hyperextension and um, other players having to step up and get that next man up mentality but even though Mike Budenholzer might not make the necessary adjustments that we might think are quick enough I feel like their team is seasoned enough to where they can respond correctly like Giannis did last night Chris Chris Milton did last night even players like Pat Connaughton, they were all right. actually filling in their roles. They woke up. Chris Middleton dropped a nice 40 ball along with Devin Booker's 40 ball. And it just it just came down to a matter of heart and hustle. You know, that's that's initially as we go on, it's that's ultimately what's going to come down to who has more heart, who has more hustle between these two teams. And last night we saw that the Bucks are here to stay. They're not going. Yeah, there. you know, and you you bring up a, a good point that like I think because I don't know we got so I mean Chris Paul's been around for a while he's never gotten this far and I think we've been so enamored with the Suns almost Cinderella esque story of being like the newcomers and you know of Devin Booker's first postseason most points in history for like anyone's first postseason so I think there's it, kind of been like some you know. Uh, we've been kind of enamoring the fact that like they're doing so well for it being their first time, even some uh, Chris Paul, what in his 16th season. Yeah. He's uh, a seasoned vet, but this is his first time in the finals. And I think we kind of forgot that it takes some experience. You know what I mean? And uh, you, you brought up this point, which is what I'm getting to now. 
the Bucks have been trying at this for a few years. They've had a couple of disappointing ex- exits, you know, in the postseason the, the last few years. But they had, I think, back to back, they had the number one seed in the East or something, and then got bounced in what the second round. Maybe well, I don't know if there was a first round in there um, at one point. But it's like you go through it enough times. You, I mean, I think it's just a tale of like experience being the best teacher as of now I mean obviously that the series is tied it's really anyone's game and we are going to Phoenix but to your point there there could be something there just about that experience there that even if the Bucks or you know Mike Budenholzer even if they're not the quickest or quicker to make the adjustments something about that experience Giannis's experience Middleton's experience maybe that could be the de- determining factor, right? So if, if it really comes down to this is our evenly matched teams, even if they have advantages and di- disadvantages in some areas, some positions, ultimately evenly matched when you kind of like take a look at the whole. And yes, it always comes down to at this point in any season, right? Like you're both in the finals. You're both the best of your conference. You're both worthy. Heart, hustle, health, coaching, adjustments, all that is what it really boils down to. But we have to add experience in there. And so if somehow the Bucks go on to finish this, we can talk all about, you know, Giannis having a historical postseason, Giannis being able to get a ring without having a super team. And the only one in this era right now to, to potentially have done that without a super team. But then we can also look at the other side and say, it may just be a tale of it actually being experienced and you have to get there get really close and lose a few times as a unit, as a main core before you get over that hump. Again, I mean, we're tied best of three, so we don't know if it's going to be the Suns aren't just weren't experienced enough or if it's going to be the, you know, the Bucks finally got over the hump. We don't know, but I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty even and it's any anyone's game. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, speaking of adjustments, though, what adjustments do you think the Suns have now, like have to make now? Uh, Monty Williams, right? So obviously we're tied. They're going back home. They just lost two in a row, pretty much lost the momentum. They will get the energy back from the home crowd. But how do they have to readjust to get a win in game five? Well, ways that they were dominating other teams throughout the season, you saw that they grounded around their guards and their centers. We see that Chris Paul is the heart of the team with his leadership and the the young guys feed off of him. They feed off that energy. They feed off that determination. And players like DeAndre Ayton, he's, he's clearly voiced his opinions about how Chris Paul, how he feels about these players. Devin Booker, he's still going to give you a solid night no matter what night it is, be a rainy day or not. This kid's going to go out there and ball out. He's going to play his heart out. He's going to leave everything on the court. And we're seeing now that Phoenix's role players are coming more into the picture. Um, I got to give my flowers to Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson has been playing his ass off. He has been playing his ass off. If not one of the best or the best role player on the team right now, just because of how he's been coming through in every situation, in any situation, whether it's a clutch bucket, a needed three, uh, a needed defensive play, going to guard Giannis on wherever he is on the court, sacrificing his body for whatever he needs to do. I feel like in terms of their team right now, the role players and everybody else are doing their jobs, but it's going to need, they can't have Chris Paul having a night like he had last night. We saw uh, the combined 
what, 14 turnovers to the Bucks' 14 offensive rebounds. We saw Chris Paul having difficulty shooting the ball, keeping a handle on the ball, um, mm -hmm. breaking down in the clutch moments when they really need him. He is going to be one of the most crucial pieces to the Suns getting through this series if they can, because Monty's doing everything that he can. Yeah. The young core is there. They're playing. They're doing everything needed possible. We've kind of seen Cameron Payne also shy away a little bit. He was more prominent in the last series. And like I said in our last show, Cameron Payne was shining when Chris Paul wasn't there. And now when Chris Paul yeah. comes back, he kind of recedes back into the background. So if Phoenix really wants to prevail through this series with the Bucks, they're going to need Chris Paul to wake up and get out of the shooting slump. They're going to need to somehow go back to their dominant post play because if they're attacking the basket with their post players, that also opens up the three-point line and other players to get opportunities on the court. And they're also going to need those role players to keep playing and stepping up no matter what the Bucks do throughout this series just because they are potentially the X factor on this team now. That's how I see them potentially making it through this series against the Bucks right now. Yeah. Okay. So, so much to unpack there. Um, but I'm glad you brought up CP3. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, everyone was talking about it. He was trending on Twitter. So it was like, no surprise that that was, that was a big reason they lost I me mean, 10 points. Can't happen in a finals game. Turnovers, a turnover at the end of the game, which is seconds to go a pivotal moment, right? You can't have that. But what I kind of want to go to other, well, one second, let me switch over. So you had that pivotal turnover play, uh, by CP3, and then you have Giannis's block on DeAndre uh, DeAndre. Ayton, yes, right. Because yes, you're talking about yes. post play, right? And the Suns need to get back into post play. But if Giannis is going to be <laughs> blocking shots like that, and that comes down to like extra ever hard because Giannis covered some ground, right? Like on that pick mm -hmm. and roll, I'm like, oh, that's a dunk. He, I mean, it's Giannis, right? So it's not like, yep, you know, a, it's not like a, a, a point guard covering that ground, but still, he still covered mm -hmm. ground. And it's a lot mm -hmm. he goes in and he blocks that. Like those are momentum breaking, ceiling plays, right? A turnover and a block. Mm -hmm. That block, it's not the same. It's not the chase down block, but that block, if, if the Bucks go on to win this series, that block could be one of those pivotal moments, pivotal plays in the series that like swung the momentum, not only for the game, but for the rest of the series, right? And we'll start seeing replays of that block, like we see LeBron's chase down block against the Warriors, right? And then we'll yep. go on the other side, if this pretty much is Chris Paul's best and probably only chance to get a ring finally to solidify his career. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer regardless, but still, he's going to go down as one of those who's like never got that ring, like one of the greats, AI, Charles Barkley, those Steve Nash, those come to mind, or is he going to get over that hump? This is it. And if he if they lose, that's going to be one of those plays that's replayed in history, like the turnover play. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, as, as much as it's it just goes back to heart hustle and really who can make the big plays in the big moments as, as much as it's different adjustments and role players need to step up. And I agree with you, um, especially in terms of Cameron Payne, right? Like the more when Chris Paul's out there, I mean, it's, it makes sense. You're starting point guard is back. Cameron Payne's uh, minutes are going to go down. Right. And some people need those minutes, those reps to be effective. Like some people can get in and, and figure out ways to contribute, whether they're getting five minutes or, or 15 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever. Some players kind of like this complete different team, but like Kyle Kuzma, it makes me think of him a lot. 
if he's starting or if he's in the rotation, he can actually get you buckets and make a difference. If he's not getting consistent minutes, he just he's he does nothing pretty much. Right. And so not to say, you know, Cameron Payne is just like that, but it's kind of in that similar respect. Right. So, yeah. With, with, with role players needing to step up, especially at, at home, that could be, you know, a pivotal role player for the Suns, that if he can get going more, maybe that can, you know, get them back over the edge. Yes, oh. yes. definitely, definitely. But, 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 but we'll see. But I think, you know, ultimately this, this series right now, I mean, any playoff series really, especially any final series, is sort of um, – legacy there, there's legacy at stake and more so for Giannis and CP3 than for I would say uh, someone like Devin Booker right who just put up a 40 piece in a losing effort just put up a 40 piece is having a great finals again making history already right most most points in anyone's first postseason and he's young so he this winner win loser draw like he's our he's adding to his legacy and he has years to go but like this is like legacy solidifying for cp3 and i think for Giannis. i'm just gonna before we switch gears here because you know we could talk about the finals on and on who do you think which team do you think ultimately is gonna take game five you don't have to make a pick for the series but who do you think is gonna take game five well we're going back to phoenix right going back to going back to phoenix next game with the way that i saw um not only the gameplay, but also how officiating went. If we're going back to Phoenix and Chris Middleton and Giannis don't play how they played last night and they get back into that slump, it could be Phoenix's game five just because they're in their home building. That momentum that they get when they're at home is just a little different than when they're on the road. We haven't seen necessarily yet either team take a game at the opponent's building i don't know if either team has that in them as opposed to other teams that have done that in previous playoff history but if Giannis, chris middleton and drew holiday because drew holiday is one of the most essential pieces on the bucks he's the best perimeter defender if yeah i i wouldn't even change it he is to my watching I the best perimeter defender on that court he's guarding the best player every possession that he needs to he needs to also get his offensive side going because I understand when you're the best player on the court you have to somehow sacrifice that offense but they need Drew Holiday they need Chris Middleton and they need Giannis to be basically working machines on both ends to get that game I so more right now though see Phoenix taking the next game five just because they have that home court momentum and the energy in Phoenix is just totally different from the energy yeah. in the Bucks Arena. It's just a totally different environment. So I'm taking – I don't want to, but I'm taking Phoenix for game five. You don't but want to. I do see this because I do see it going to a seven-game series. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't necessarily see it ending a game six. I see it ending a game seven no matter what any Bucks fan or Phoenix fan says. I see this going to a game seven just because of the competitiveness of both teams and nobody's going to die on the sixth game. But you said you said you don't want to see the Suns. I don't. I don't. I would like to see Giannis Antetokounmpo get a ring in a championship. I would love to see him get a ring. I would love. To is that him. is that some uh, what old 
residual feelings you have as a Clippers fan of Chris Paul? It's not, it's not just Chris Paul for me. It's also like the Suns team because don't get me wrong. I like the young core. I love Cam Johnson. I love Cameron Payne. Um, Also like uh, Torrey Craig. He's, I like the way he plays defense. He's honestly really um, impressed me with his defensive prowess on the court and how he gets things done. I had not seen anything like that when he was playing on the Thunder, and that really impressed me. And also DeAndre Aiden, too. He's really come into form. He's, yeah. he's honestly blew my mind about his offensive and defensive presence. It's just all gotten better. But when you see a player like Jay Crowder on the court, how he plays, I'm not particularly a fan of his play style because if we take a look, just a quick look at how – when he came into the league versus now and how he plays now, I see less of a drive. I don't know if it's just me, but I see less of a, I see less of that attack mindset and mentality that's set in stone. I see a guy who settles. I see a guy who's just trying to get it however he can. He's been around half the entire league already. So of course he's going to get it how he can. And why not do it when I've got one of the best guys who's been around half the entire league already for 16 years, trying to chase the championship. And if I do everything that that guy's doing, maybe I could somehow get it. And it's, and it's all, it all translate through, through your actions on the court. When you're flopping constantly, when you're trying to draw fouls that you cannot draw on your own, when you're not creating for your team offensively, how you should, when you're just become the spot up guy, when you could be so much more and yeah, they might throw him on Giannis a couple of possessions. They might throw him on a big guy, a couple of possessions still hasn't shown me that heart of a champion or that heart that's going to get the team through. So when you combine two of those players, Chris Paul and him on the same court, it doesn't really, doesn't really give me that positive mindset that I love as a basketball fan, not just as a biased Clipper fan, but as a basketball (laughs) fan, when I want to see the sport played, I don't look at those two guys and I go, that's basketball. You know, I look at that guy and I go, why do they call this guy boss, man? I I would never do that. I I would never, I, I, I never got that. And I will never, ever ever call jay crowder boss man whoever made that up needs to just, just neither, rethink neither your life LeBron just rethink <laughs> neither would lebron yeah James. even though they you know technically not well jay crowder didn't want up us but d book and cp3 and ayton you know got over in the lakers but i, I know you remember mm-hmm. when uh, the lakers bench and lebron were like trolling uh crowder yeah on oh a, yeah you know yeah so anyway yeah. but he so lebron definitely wouldn't call him boss man that's for sure it wasn't he mm-hmm. on uh he probably had a little history too, because I think Crowder was on the Heat, the the season, the bubble yep. season when the Lakers won. Crowder was yep. on the Heat, so I already know there's some, mm-hmm. you know, but some stuff between them there. But mm-hmm. uh, you know what? I I really have. I mean, obviously, neither of us actually have a horse in this race. Um, so, but outside of the obvious, you know, as a Clipper and, and Lakers fan, I, I I it really doesn't matter. Like, I really would love to see Giannis uh, take it. I mean, he's been knocking on the door for a few years and he's having a historical incredible um finals i think we're like back-to-back 40 point double doubles i think i think uh what is it lebron and, and jordan or something like that i believe mm-hmm. the only other two to do that so i mean i would love mm-hmm. to see him taking nothing against Giannis. i think incredible player incredible you know overall story but then again cp3 you know i have nothing against him you know i used to hate on him because he should have been a laker but that wasn't his fault that was the yeah. whole David Stern trade. I don't know, whatever. Uh, that's yeah. you know old old history. 
So, I mean, I really would love to see either of those players get it. The only other, I, if I had to lean a little bit more one side, I would say, okay, yeah, CP3 has been around long enough. He's definitely paid his dues. But the rest of the guys are so young. They have so much time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Giannis exactly. knocking on the door. Uh, Drew Holiday, right? The Bucks are just like, uh, God, I, I'm blanking right now. Uh, starting center, uh, Lopez, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, like they they have a team of more, you know, just veterans who've been around the league. And not that mm-hmm. that means like anything is owed you, to you, right? Or you're entitled to anything. But there is something about that feeling of like, you know, all that work, all those years paying off. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind a Bucks championship. But I agree. I, I probably think that uh, Phoenix will take game five, just being back home energy. And usually the team that loses, especially the team that loses twice, that, you know, they come out hungrier. It's, just, it's natural. There's nothing you can do. Like you mm-hmm. always say, yeah, we come out every game the same. No, you don't. If you lost, there's no. just, <laughs> just an extra level of like, we lost, you know, and if you've won, mm-hmm. there's like, it, it is what it is. Uh, so they probably take game five, but I, I think we're going seven and mm, seven. Oof, I think I might say bucks and seven that I, that's mm-hmm. just, you know, I think a uh, game seven, Giannis is just going to go because he's doing pretty much everything. He's going to give you mm-hmm. off offense. He's going to give you defense, all that. Anyways, that being said, let's switch gears a little bit um, very quickly and get into some offseason talks a little bit. I mean, not too much is going on. There's like some rumors some trade talks, some uh, speculation about where different players can go. And so the three mm-hmm. teams that come to mind for me and the, the, just the three things that I've kind of um heard and and you know the twitter news nba news recently uh is lakers reuniting with lonzo ball um obviously the blazers and and dame and what's going on with that uh and then your clippers and your injured injury ridden star (laughs) Kawhi leonard i want to start there uh this is a contract year for him right and so he has a choice to opt out or opt in so really quickly I mean, you could talk about the injury, his injury history, the contract, if you, as a fan, if you want him to stay or with the injury thing, just it's so much to kind of unpack with Kawhi and the Clippers and the future of him and the franchise. So why don't you just like go for it and just tell me, just vent, vent to me, please. <laughs> well, I will say as a fan and as a Clippers fan, um, this season was a big eye opener as a surprise for a lot of fans because we did astoundingly well as the mindset was to just get through it. I feel like that was a mindset for almost everybody who was a fan who was watching basketball and a lot of good things happened more than negative. Um, people will say it's more negative just because we didn't make it to a championship, you know, we didn't make it to the ultimate goal, but with this organization, it's been so long, you know, it, it's turned into a step-by-step game now, you know, at first it was, what is, the, who are the right pieces for this organization from GM to starting five? Then it was, all right, who can lead in this organization from coach to starting point guard? And then now it's, okay, now the next steps are, how far can we get? Before we couldn't even make it to the semis, got to the semis. Now was couldn't even make it to the conference finals, made it to the conference finals. Now we had all that experience. Now the next step is that trophy, getting there and how can we do it? And 
getting Kawhi was probably the best thing for this organization. And also the Paul George trade too is best thing for this organization that could ever happen because the domino effect that it caused for all these other players in line and in tow, Reggie Jackson, Nicholas Batum, Ivica Zubak, uh, Serge Ibaka, who probably other than that was the most negative impact on our team was Serge Ibaka. I don't know what the hell he's going to do in free agency. I honestly, if we don't see any promise within the next even starting weeks of training camp and summer, I, I feel it'd be in the team's best interest to try and trade for a better piece just because the way that his injury proneness has been settling. And even before when he was on Toronto, I mean, he was getting production, but his production wasn't of highest caliber that's expected of what his contract was. And so that's one of the pieces we definitely need to move on from Patrick Patterson. He's got to go. We already have enough tall dudes that can shoot, you know, and if you can't get a rebound, it's like you're not doing what your position is suited to do. Not saying that I don't like the guy. He's a great basketball player, but it's just he's not fulfilling his role. And he can easily play another team on another team and get some more minutes for himself, get some more money in his bag. On the Kawhi story now, it was unfortunate and um, very heartbreaking to see him go down like that when we needed him at the most crucial time. Because if we're seeing with the averaging of almost 30 points per game and defense and offensive game, yeah. he could have potentially sent that Phoenix Suns team home. Not could have potentially, would have potentially sent that Phoenix Suns home. I think a lot and of people would have been that seeing if, us there. I think people agree that if he were healthy, you guys would be in the finals right now and mm-hmm. had a good chance to win. I mean, you know, not to cut you off, I'll let you get back no, to No, no, go ahead. You, I mean, you damn near – what would you guys lose in six? Yeah, you guys lose yep. six. I mean, you damn near pushed to to a game seven, you know, mm-hmm. without your star. I mean, the, the way the team played and rallied behind PG, honestly, it was impressive. But I always say about this is, had Kawhi not gone down, then all those players that stepped up wouldn't have had to to step to step up as much. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. not always an equal opposite it's not always an equal like reaction to, to whatever happened. Right. It's like, Oh no, look how well they played without him. So if they had him, they would have won. It's like, well, yes, but also if they had him, they wouldn't have had to play as well. So you still Mm -hmm. never know. Uh, But, but to your point, you would have had a good chance. You would have had a good chance, but you know, Mm -hmm. he went down and I, and then here's the thing about Kawhi and I'll let you, you know, get back to me on that. When he's healthy, I mean, you'd be crazy. You'd be a fool to not want him on your team, 30 points a game, plus what he can do on the defensive end. And just, you know, uh, he's not a vocal leader, but he's experienced and kind of like lead by example type thing, right? He's not going to rah, rah, rah. That's we all know that. But at the same time, the guys won, uh, been a two-time finals MVP. So there's something calming and just like reassuring about that presence on your team. You take that away, but he is injury prone, right? Like he's, Mm -hmm pretty much been injured to some extent like every season I think I heard a crazy stat that it's been like 10 seasons or something since he's played like more than 70 games and hasn't played more than 60 games in like four seasons or something like that crazy so I mean just with that being said is it I don't even know what question to ask like is it worth worth it to try to hold on to him of course it you think it's worth it but like if he's not available to your team doesn't that hurt you more then help you like you saw this postseason? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, I've always had this, this consistent talk, and if 
just to kind of like quickly summarize it up, you know, his value outweighs his injury proneness just because of how far he's come and how far he's shown us that even though these things happen, he can still strive to succeed in however he may. I feel as though he's one of the most targeted players in the NBA just because people know of how his body works now and how long he's been in the league and from when his first drastic injuries happened of how they can get to him by just shutting him down because they know they can't shut him down on the court with his ability because he's just too good. So what do we do with a player like that? We've seen it in history of the basketball. You know, we've seen it. Jordan rules. We've seen things like that. If you can't beat the player on the court, why not just take him off the court, period? And so I feel like Kawhi is definitely one of those players who, if not, you can't beat him on the court. They're going to do their best to take him off the court. And the more he gets time on the court, the more he is there for the team, the more he plays, the scarier he gets. So for the Clippers' best interest in, these, in this next coming season, I feel it's best to just ride that contract out, maybe just reduce it a little bit. So give him some incentive to go a little harder and get a little better at the game. He's got to potentially miss the first half of the season with this reconstruction oh, surgery. Yeah. And um, that's definitely going to take into account, but that's what we signed Paul George for. That's what we signed Reggie Jackson for. That's what we signed all these other pieces for. And also Lonzo has also been in the talks too for the Clippers as well. And we have plenty of point guard pieces even though it's said that the Pelicans can't match a nice offer, mm-hmm. we still have plenty of pieces to offer. So I say with the Kawhi thing, just to kind of wrap it up, it looks scary right now. It looks kind of unsuring. It's hard to be reassured with the past and how things have happened, but we've seen so many comeback stories in the NBA. Why not create another one? Why not have a great one that, it looked dark in the beginning, but as you got towards the end of the road, you know, you saw that light and it's like, we're here now. So that's how I feel about Kawhi. I mean, he's, he's one of the best players I've seen and he's going to go down as one of the best. So I say you write out that contract a couple more years. The guy's only what, 30, 33. So yeah, he's, he's got, he's got a lot more in the tank, right? He is young, you know, his body, it's a different story, but he's young. And, and a thing about Kawhi is he he takes his health seriously. So he's not he's not ever going to rush himself back. He's going to make sure he's like one hundred percent. So I mean that bodes well. You know what I mean? Just like he's he's not going to risk it, right? So mm-hmm. in the short term, it, it can suck because he's not available to play. But in the long term, I mean, I, I, and I I get it. He's looking out for his long term career because he is thirty. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, however old he is. And he's young. And it, it, it almost feels like he's older, but he's not. Uh, and I will say you are one optimistic fan. Uh, <laughs> it's just step by step. First, first, we got to get, you know, the house in order, right? GM, mm-hmm. coach, different yep. players. Very optimistic. It's like nothing is a failure. It's just one step in the right direction. That, that's all. That oh, there's. There was plenty of failures. We we our organization is built on failure. We've we've been failing since uh San Diego, Buffalo, all that. So when you've seen that many failures, this is there's nothing left but success, really. Right. It's nothing like, left. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. We have a, we have, a, we have a decent owner. <laughs> That's a win. Yep, I know. I can't, that, that was where we were. Just think of 2012, where we were, and then now 2021. 
Come on, I, man. I, I, I fucks with Steve Ballmer though. He's he's cool as hell. And yeah, I I don't I don't really see, especially with the injury coming off of, and it's like a, a partially torn ACL. It's not just like a sprained knee. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably in Kawhi's best, you know, interest to stay too. So, but who knows? With him, sometimes he just mm-hmm. he, he's so quiet. His camp is so quiet. You never know what he's really thinking or anything like that. So who knows? Yep. Um, but since you mentioned the name Lonzo a little bit, we'll switch over. Now I haven't looked in too much into into these reports, um, but you know, just that the Lakers were pretty much interested in reuniting, you know, with Lonzo, who I think is is he a restricted free agent or unrestricted free agent? Um, it's not they're not looking into trade talks; they're looking into signing him, meaning you know he must be available. Now I know when even before uh LeBron came to the Lakers Lonzo I mean Lonzo loves Ron right I I have a mind that like and he's from LA come on so I have a a, a my mind is telling me if the numbers are right isn't he also a part of clutch sports uh LeBron no Lonzo or Lonzo uh I he has his own thing so because like I mean he's a part of it. I thought he was I just feel yeah. like that's on the table I'd imagine Lonzo and Bron really like or Lonzo really wanting to kind of come back especially like come back to the scene of the crime so to speak sort of like maybe a little redemption story come back home and don't get me wrong the Clippers with our LA too right we, we share a stadium uh, we share a building mm-hmm. an arena so you know and and maybe he would want like a fresh start but I think like the LeBron factor he just has so much respect for Bron I feel like if it can be done numbers wise and it makes sense that somehow you know they'd go ahead and make that happen right LeBron would give the okay Mm -hmm. Lonzo would be like I'm ready I'm back uh but do you think that's a good fit for us I mean obviously you follow your team closely but you watch all the NBA um some of the the things that I had to, I was thinking about, you know, Schroeder, who's a much better offensive player than uh, Lonzo is, but might've been a little bit to the detriment of our team with him trying to search for his own shot in a contract year, right? Like prove his value, prove that he could score, prove that he could be a top guy, not obviously LeBron or AD status, but a top guy, a max player, where someone like Lonzo really has no ego, right is really going to distribute the ball and if you like dare him to shoot he did improve on his three-point shooting free throw shooting just scoring ability in general so I'm sure he'll have the confidence to step up and knock a shot down uh but what do you think about that fit bringing Alonzo back in on the Lakers you know it's a complicated trade because Alonzo has a history with Los Angeles and we saw when he came in and there was so much promise and so many predictions that people thought he could shoot for the stars, you know, but we didn't necessarily give the kid time to develop. We didn't give the kid time to experience the league, understand how it works, understand how different players work and different calibers of players are. We just immediately threw him into the fray with one of the best players the NBA has ever seen in the history of basketball and expecting him to just go out there and have championship dreams. The first year he's ever touched the NBA floor coming straight out of UCLA. And I didn't necessarily think that it was a horrible trip for him, but 
we've seen how Lonzo's developed from just this explosive athletic guard into one of the most solid two-way point guards yeah. in the league now with the shot now, with the jumper now that's going in, it's, it's getting more consistent and his three-point percentage is also going up. So with that being said, I don't think it's in Lonzo's best interest to come back to the Lakers just because of he knows how everything's going to work. He's becoming his own type of player now. And once you step into that Lakers territory, you know his territory is. You know his team it is. It's yeah. very clear. It's very clear from, from the get-go when you step into that locker room. You know whose team it is. And that's not anybody's fault. It's not, it's not anybody's right. fault at all. But that's just the way that it works now. So that's what comes if with. you want to keep Lonzo only going up, I don't see him going to Los Angeles. I see potentially the Lakers flipping the Schroeder package because of how he set it up for himself. Uh, there are so many guards around the league now. And what she, what the Lakers want, they want that two-way guard. They want that guard that can bring the ball to court, give you some offense and some defense, but not too much because you already have a lot of offense in LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the, notably the best power forward in the league. And so with that being said, um, there's a lot of things that could happen. We're seeing that um, Chicago and New York are emerging as suitors for a potential shoulder trade, potentially a sign and trade. Um, they have the cap space to do it. And if you do a deal with New York, you could possibly even get in Kyle Kuzma with the trade or get something for that because Kyle Kuzma, another player that just needs, needs a better environment. He needs yeah. those 15 to 20 shots a game. He needs that. I, I would so he needs that. Cause when, when Kuz, I, so, I mentioned earlier, when Kuz starts, he gets buckets, you know what I mean? It's, it's, mm -hmm. I feel, you know, uh, unless you're like a star player, like a AD, like uh, Kyrie, Right. I'm um, thinking of, you know, bronze star, like a way in a Bosch, then you kind of get the short end of the stick when you play on a LeBron James led team. It just kind of is. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, with Lonzo and, and not just Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. Right. Like you see. Again, right, because post Kobe and then bringing in LeBron, you see like all these young players have gotten better and flourished. And I imagine that if they stayed on the Lakers, like Kuzma stayed, it's like, oh, you know, Buzz not reaching that potential, but we've mm -hmm. seen in flashes Kuzma be a great player. Uh, and so to, to your point, yeah, it may be actually, I think that's a, can we call it like a hot take or something that it may actually be in Lonzo's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Lonzo's best interest to not go back to LA uh, even if he'd love to play for the Lakers again, and as much as he respects LeBron, that actually is a, a really good point because he is, you know, on the rise. It has become a premier two-way player without being some like crazy high-volume scorer. Uh, so we'll see about that. And and uh, yeah, I, I didn't think of it that way. I was just like, oh yeah, we love Lonzo back, but is that gonna? Or would we see the same Lonzo? Like, would we see the same Lonzo that we're seeing now that would make us say, okay, he's a serviceable, 
a serviceable, you know, two-way guard or what he kind of like shrink again. But you know, what? I'll say this too. If Lonzo were to come back on the Lakers, you know whose team that would be? All of a sudden, it would be LeVar Ball's team again. I swear to God. Yeah. Presence, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like we, LeVar Ball would wake up from whatever rock he's been under because one of his sons is in Charlotte, yeah, and his other son is in New Orleans, and all of a sudden, he'd be yapping his mouth again. And uh, if I'm Lonzo, even if I'm uh, LaMelo in Charlotte, I don't want him yapping his gums so i don't know maybe for that reason too lonzo better stay his ass either in new orleans or somewhere else i'll tell you that mm-hmm. uh, who do you think is better simmons or lonzo ben simmons or lonzo ball oh lonzo ball by far lonzo ball by far because ben simmons um uh, how do i put this ben simmons We've seen it's. It, I don't know if you've seen this report that came out, but somebody did a comparison of when Lonzo started and when Ben Simmons started and the development of the jump shots. And then they compared them both. And we saw Lonzo change his jump shot form. Mm-hmm. And now he's up in the 20 to 40% tiles of shooting three point shots and any shot now, as opposed to when we were seeing Ben Simmons summer clips three or four summers ago, he was in workouts pulling jumpers on nobodies and he was pulling jumpers, but you're in one of the most potentially important playoff games of your career against a team that you can for sure send home no matter what. And you're passing up one of the easiest shots in basketball. Something's going on. Something's yeah. Something's going on. It's it's a mental game. Yeah. And it's it's something is going on right now with Ben Simmons. I don't know what it is. I've I have a lot of different sources telling me a lot of different things, you know, about him. Oh, you got and, sources. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Uh, sources and, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we have some sources. And I've been hearing a lot of different things about Ben. And his mind, it's the league is very enticing in so many different ways. And Past players have always said this. You know, you get distracted by a lot of things, by money, by endorsements, by the fame, by all the entertainment. And, yeah, it's a lifestyle, but you also need to realize this is your career. And the only other thing that you're doing other than half of that distraction is playing the game and focusing on the game. And if you're not focused, it's going to reflect in your play. And clearly Lonzo Ball has been focused. Clearly he's been focused. He got tired of all the disrespect. He got tired of all yeah, that. Yeah. And he, he took it. He took it in strides, took it to New Orleans, and he's doing whatever he can now. They may not be, they may not be winning everything right now, but there's also a coaching vacancy there that's still getting wrapped up. And there's still a lot of minute things, but he's still doing what he's supposed to be doing. Right. We didn't expect him to come back like this. We didn't expect him. We expected him to do the same things because we saw him on the Lakers fizzle out and that wasn't who Lonzo was. Yeah. And maybe Ben maybe Ben needs to go somewhere else. We're seeing that he's on the trade block now, too. The Sixers yeah. were not willing to trade him at the beginning of this agency period. And all of a sudden, now they weeks, are. that changes. So, I mean, you know, a slice of yeah. pie will do a lot to someone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially a young, like you said, young lifestyle. And people take to it differently. 
right? And so like it, it you know, getting traded and, and being, I wouldn't say undervalued, but maybe being accurately valued and, and you know, which is going to be less than what you think you are might, uh, you know, help maybe to be of service to Ben Simmons and, and his development, right? Or just his willingness, because he's still young, just his willingness to, you know, reinvent himself. It's happened before. Um, all right. One last thing uh, before we go, the Dame sweepstakes. What's up with that? I doubt, I doubt if, I mean, he's, he's under contract. He's asking for a trade. I would highly doubt in a competitive Western conference, you would make a trade against really anyone in, in the West, unless you felt like you were getting back. I mean, it's hard to get something back that equals Dame, but unless you felt like you were getting something back, you know, of equal value that would keep you in the running or, you know, make you better than the team that you're sending him to. Uh, so do you think he, he will be traded? Uh, do you think they're just going to try to put pieces around him? Give me your take. Dan's value has skyrocketed since he began on the Blazers and he's flowered into this amazing point guard that we're seeing performing some of the most impossible and incredible feats the NBA has ever witnessed. So on that note, ah, uh, there's, there's not a lot like him. He's a very unique player. And with that increased value, teams want to match that production. And because if you're not getting your bang for your buck, somebody's going to lose their job. And then it's just all going to fall apart. So, ah, uh, it's hard to see him get traded because there are a lot of teams that will make pitches for it. And I don't, you know, there's teams like Philly who want to trade for him. There's teams like that who think they can trade for him, but what he's done for that organization, he's done a lot and he's shown that he can be that guy at times to put the team on his back. And I feel as though there haven't been necessarily enough production around Dan. Like all he's had is really a CJ and CJ McCollum. While he's a fantastic basketball player, he's known to have a streakiness and he's not the most solid defensive guard in the league. And we're seeing that they're, they have had so much vacancy in the power forward center position it's like you just got a two-on-five situation every game now, and you put Dame in that tough spot. You're putting him in a tough spot, man. It's like you're expecting this guy to drop 60, 70 to win now every game. That eventually, like, we've seen some of the most amazing players, GOAT players, be under 48 minutes, and we see what that does to the player. Eventually, the body is going to break down. Something is going to break down. And right. you don't want that to happen to a young superstar like Damian Lillard. So in, in a sense, if you can't match that value, you don't need to trade him. You need to think about the other players because the other guys have not been doing their jobs. They have not been fulfilling their potential. So in this upcoming trade season, unless somebody like the Lakers or uh, – I can't even think of another team who has a guard even close to Damian Lillard um, other than playoff teams who have made fantastic runs. I don't know how the hell the Clippers would pull off a deal for him. They wouldn't. Um, there's no 
I don't see any team in the West, maybe Sexland or something, the Cavaliers. Uh, I wouldn't even know. I, uh, I honestly wouldn't know. If if the Blazers are strongly considering trading Dame, and uh, why would you, right? Unless they're just like, mm-hmm. you know, he's – it's like – when they, you know, because players, NBA players have so much power. It's like, if we don't trade him, he's going to walk type thing. So do, mm-hmm. and that's what, I think that's where the leverage comes from. It's like, okay, of course it'd be crazy to trade him, but would we rather get something versus literally letting him walk next year and getting nothing, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like, of course you'd be crazy, but you'd also be crazy to let him walk, right? And so the yep. only team I think in the West, at least, that doesn't have a guard, um, that they're willing to give up but he has a bunch of picks and that's the warriors right they have yes they have two yes. first round picks i think seven and 14 or something like that and they mm-hmm. have james wiseman um who you know from from last year their their second their second overall pick last year now i'm not saying- also they're talking about kelly Oubre too they're thinking yeah. of shopping kelly Oubre, so that um, could potentially be a piece as you well you know but i bet you have to give him all of that right and you'd have to give mm-hmm. you have to give him wiseman you have to give him the two first round picks future first round picks like you know but if you walked away with uh, steph dame andrew wiggins draymond green and i guess the the center you'd have left would be like kavon looney or something you know, still, that's just a pretty potent starting five just because you have Steph Dame and Wiggins can score the ball. He's a two-way player, plays defense. And, of course, you know, uh, Draymond Green with his defense. I'm just saying, if a West team that has, I think, you know, they're not going to – they're never going to give away Steph. But that would no. be like, – that would be the same thing, just like swap, swap almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they yep. have the picks and they have Wiseman, which – and I, I know they're, they're open to whatever they want to say all these things out. Loud. I know they're open to making some of those moves, moving those picks, uh, because you know Steph is the very end of his prime ish. Uh, Clay's coming back off injury. Draymond Green, so they only have about what a two to three year window, I'd say. Yeah. To, to, after this year, it's it's after this year, it's like do or die. You yeah. Bang or bust. You do it or you don't. They got like two or three years, so it's one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like you know, these picks could wind up being great players, but like is the last few years you have of your core dynasty that's still together, you know, at the top of their game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'd do it. And Dame is from Oakland. You know, he, he I mean, I think he'd, he'd be down for that. That would be sick. Yeah. A Dame, Curry, backcourt, get Clay, Clay back, come playoff time. Draymond. Uh, that would be something else. Yeah, they'd have, to, they'd have to get some some people in the front court to re- replace losing um, Wiseman. But whatever. Anyways, that's enough. We we <laughs> enough here. Uh, as always, I appreciate you. <clears throat> I'm gonna send us out. Thank you everyone for listening. This has been Love the Game, the Love the Game podcast. We talk about NBA hoops and. Uh, don't forget, NFL season is right around the corner, and we will be talking football. Uh, come NFL. NFL season time so be on the lookout for that but you know you can find love the game on SoundCloud you probably have the link somewhere and on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes all that and catch us on Twitter Instagram is technically functional but I never use it but you can add anyway uh, I'm your host Ash also known as at Planet Asha across social media definitely follow and today my co-host is my boy E. E, go ahead and uh, tell the people where they can find you. 
uh, yeah, uh, signing off is E. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Real Ignorant E. I'm also on my own show, uh, Pharaohs and Friends Podcast. We're going to be talking about uh, also upcoming events like the Olympics, Team USA. I'm going to try to diverge a little bit more into also mixed martial arts a little bit, like MMA, because I love the sport. And football season is coming up, so we will be going into depth with the NFL. I'm also on the Facebook, um, same name. I think it's Platinum Fair on Facebook. And I'm on Instagram, but I haven't really made a fan account yet, so I'm, I'm thinking about that. So we'll work that out. We'll get that worked out. We'll get that out. Right. I, I, every time I hear it, I love the, the Twitter handle, Real Ignorant E. <laughs> that was Herbs, Pharaohs, and Friends on Anchor, yep. like the podcast. And also on Spotify and Apple Music and wherever you get your podcasts. Exactly. That was perfect. That's just how they say it in real life. And wherever you get your podcast, we up. Yep. All right. And we're out. Wake up in the morning, had to make a play. I had to make a play. I had to make a play.